Hello, hello, my dear ones. Hello, beautiful souls. What a time to be alive, huh? Welcome to another episode of Conversations with My Higher Self. It's good to see ya. Uh, today, I wanted to talk to you about a conflict as old as time. Today, we're going to be talking about the war or the fight between the good and bad, light and dark. It is a rich topic. And frankly, there hasn't been a better time to discuss this topic in, in a while. It's front and center in the human collective. We are going through another surfacing of that prime con uh, conflict for planet Earth. And frankly, one thing I want to recognize is um, going through something like that, um, when essentially the world feels very divided into the good guys and the bad guys, um, is emotionally very challenging for humanity. Because despite the fact that this conflict is as old as time, it never gets easier. That is until you transcend it. All right, a couple of housekeeping items before we get started. If you haven't subscribed to uh, my channel on YouTube, you should. It's This Is Maria. It's a very young channel, but I definitely plan on growing it. And there's going to be a lot of unique content that is YouTube specific, that is obviously video content on it. Um, on that note, I am planning to do a YouTube Q&A really, really soon. So you should, you know, if you have a question, feel free to DM me actually on Instagram. On IG, I am this is Maria official. Um, yeah, T-H-I-S-I-S-M-A-R-I-Y-A official. So DM me. Um, I've been getting a lot of DMs. So thank you guys for the ones that have DM'd me. We are, um, you know, the Q&A is shaping up to be quite interesting, very diverse in terms of topics. Um, I'm super, super excited. Last but not least, if you haven't checked out my book, um, you know, uh, last year in November, I wrote my first book. It is called 72 Keys to Manifestation or an Ancient Path of a Modern Day Alchemist. It is available on Amazon. It is a book that is channeled from spirit. Um, it is a book that contains a lot of hidden knowledge that has not necessarily been revealed to the public for some time now. And it does hold um, the keys to a lot of the mysteries of the universe. So you should check it out if you haven't gotten to it yet. All right. Well, with that, without any further ado, why don't we talk about the conflict between good and evil, light and dark, the good guys and the villains. And why don't we, as always, start from the beginning? Third dimensional worlds are some of the most challenging worlds to go through an incarnation on or in. <laughs> Reason being, the conflicts that third dimensional worlds pose are very unique and they're fairly hardcore. So there are a lot of signature conflicts, a lot of signature dichotomies within third dimensional worlds because third dimensional worlds are considered to be low dimension. As such, they're quite dense. And because they're dense, they're also considered to be the worlds of division. Um, division um, and split consciousness, if you will. Kind of a 
across the spectrum of, you know, there's a lot of division with, within uh, humans. There's a lot of division within other species. There are a lot of, there's a lot of division within frequencies that the planet experiences. So there is a lot of ups and downs and everything in between. That's why third dimensional worlds are very often roller coasters where the highs are really high and the lows are very low. And sometimes the path between the two is extremely fast. So third dimensional worlds also tend to be fast moving when it comes to conflict, right? So it can be, you can go from zero to a hundred miles a minute as it relates to conflict. But unfortunately on the resolution side of things, third dimensional worlds, incredibly painful. So it's, it's almost like, um, you know, how do I put it? So there are certain things that in third, in 3d take no time at all. And then there are other things that take forever. Manifestation, for instance, which is an act of creation, takes forever in third-dimensional worlds. That's why a lot of people don't even believe it's real. Uh, you know, especially if you're trying to manifest something that's either large or like say it's a big amount of money or like a big shift in your life. Those things take forever. Positive resolutions take a while in third-dimensional worlds. Healing takes a while in third-dimensional worlds. Um, shadow work, which is, I guess, an aspect of healing, takes a while. Learning anything takes forever in third dimensional world. So in, in some instances, 3D is very amorphous and it's, it's actually very slow moving. So if enough of you actually for just, you know, this is a quick tension, but um, for those of you that are impatient, you know, uh, you know who you are just in life in general, where you're like, oh my God, I wish, you know, I got places faster. I wish, you know, um, you know, why, why is everything so slow? If you find yourself thinking that more often than not it's because you are used to higher dimensional living it's because you're probably a soul that tends to incarnate in 5d and more often 70 plus dimensions right um because things in here are just painfully slow on the other hand you will have certain things in 3d that are fairly quick um one of those things is conflict <laughs> so conflict on planet earth because it's a denser frequency has no barrier uh, because light generally is a barrier to conflict. Um, in higher dimensional worlds, conflict also exists, but it almost like every step of the way for a conflict to escalate, it's going to be met with resistance. So higher dimensional worlds have resistance towards um, conflict and lower dimensional worlds have resistance towards conflict resolution right? Does that make sense? Does that kind of like, uh, you know, certain processes are just naturally slower as opposed to faster here and vice versa, right? So unfortunately, all the good things, you know, just to put it simply, all the good things are really slow here and all the bad things are kind of fast. Um, and in higher dimensional worlds, it's the opposite. All the good things are really fast because you can align with all the good things really quickly. That's why in, let's say, 11D manifestation is instant. You can align with your desired outcome almost instantly. However, all the bad things, you know, take forever to manifest, right? Part of it is also due to the clusterization principle. Clusterization principle is a fancy way of saying the law of attraction. Um, here, negative energies, by here I mean planet Earth, third dimensional worlds in general, have a higher propensity of, you know, aggregating. So they aggregate pretty quickly. You know, um, birds of a feather stick together in here. And uh, lower dimensional worlds tend to be the ones where there's a little bit more negativity than positivity in general, uh, in the ether, shall we say, on, in the collective. And because of that, 
um, it's a lot easier to ignite negative emotions um, than it is to ignite positive change. So that being said, why don't we go back to conflict? Anytime any world is created for the purpose of learning, um, the consideration that needs to happen is what kind of conflict is going to drive that world? And I will tell you that for the majority of planets in the Milky Way galaxy, the conflict that has been selected is the war between good and evil in some way, shape or form. There are many shapes and forms that this conflict can take place. There's not just one way that the story can be told. But there is a lot of commonality in third dimensional planets all across the Milky Way galaxy. So that is why some of the very pivotal things that you're here to learn is the relationship between good and evil, is that dichotomy of black and white. Um, we're all here to experience it. We're all here to have opinions about it. We are all here to have some form of resistance towards one or many aspects of that conflict. A, a lot of us are here to escalate the conflict. And some of us are here to resolve the conflict within ourselves and society as well, right? As above, so below. What does that mean? It is impossible to resolve things in the micro without resolving it in the macro and vice versa. In other words, the world is always in perfect balance. The world that's outside of you is actually in balance with the world that's inside of you. Or shall I say it's actually a replica? Everything is always in a state of equi equilibrium. What I mean by that is it doesn't mean that everything is always perfect or everything is always justified or just. It just means that as within, so without. Whatever is going on inside of your body is what's going to be going on outside of your body in your world. The reason you got attracted to planet Earth and Milky Way galaxy in the first place is because in your higher, you know, at the level of your higher self, there are aspects that need to be healed around the conflict and the fight, the war between good and evil. That means that there is something at soul level that you still haven't reconciled. When you were doing up the tally of all of your lives and all of your experiences, you looked at how your personal higher self perceives good and evil. And you decided there's something else for you to learn about this dichotomy and about this conflict. And that is the only reason why you showed up here on this planet. Now, enough of the people that are listening to this podcast are what you would refer to, what we could refer to as light workers. These are the beings that are essentially high vibrational. These are the beings that, you know, essentially have healed most of the aspects of the good versus bad conflict and have, you know, re-emerged um, on the other side closer to unity, which is the truth of the universe. And then, you know, obviously they descend here to help the others. So that is not to say, though, that those beings, even the, you know, let, let's call them light workers or teachers, however you want to call them, you know, if they completely had the conflict resolved, they would never be able to align to this planet even as teachers. So let's just take a quick moment to recognize, right, that literally 100% of all of you that showed up here have some type of unresolved issue, unresolved karma, trauma, drama, or dharma 
around the conflict and the fight between good and bad, light and darkness. And how exciting is that? Because I find this conflict to be fascinating. Uh, this type of conflict, this type of split is a very rich territory actually for evolution. This is a very rich territory for learning because all kinds of things are possible in the world that are this split. Where the dark is really dark and when the light is really light and when there is a full spectrum of everything in between. The reason that I find right now is good timing to talk about this is because, especially in spiritual circles, you know, starting two years ago, there started to be a split. You now, thanks to COVID, you know, there's been a split around who are the good guys, who are the bad guys, you know, is it planned? Is it not planned? Is somebody trying to fool us? Is, is somebody starting to like um, lead humanity to uh, chipization and vaccination and all of the good stuff? And so that's kind of where it started. And this conflict of like good and bad uh, is, is not going anywhere now with the war situation in, in, in Europe. So here we have again that same conflict under different guys. We had in the U.S. Um, the, same, the same type of conflict around Black Lives Matter. Uh, for those that's local, for, for the ones that are local. It's the same exact conflict of good and evil. In that particular conflict, the police was evil, right? And the Black people were good. You could actually think of potentially a whole other conflict, let's say 100 years from now, where it could be the other way around, right? The interesting part... And the part that I find so challenging is that the reason, right? Well, first, let's, let's, start, let's start here. You need conflict in the world that is a third-dimensional world. If there is no conflict, the world cannot evolve. And in fact, it's going to be so repetitive, you're going to be bored out of your own minds. So it is quite impossible for third-dimensional worlds to not have conflict. All types of conflict stems from separation in lower dimensional worlds. So essentially you can pick your flavor of separation and build a conflict around it. Good and bad is a conflict is, that's as old as time. It is one of those like very well-loved games to play at higher, uh, like higher self level. So it is incredibly common, you guys. It's like one of the conflicts to explore, both internally and externally. So you, ha you have to have conflict. However, uh, another thing that the worlds with, you know, a conflict like this need to have is judgment. So I would say there are two, um, it's, it's like if we were creating a soup, we would, we would need two ingredients to make the soup of planet Earth happen. The first one is we would need the dichotomy of good and bad things, good and bad guys out there essentially, and we would need judgment. Because once you have these two things, and once they're really ingrained in society, you can go into perpetuity and you're not going to run out of things to work through, things to experience, things to learn from, right? Because one type of conflict is going to give birth to another type of conflict, is going to give birth to another type of conflict, and it's kind of like a domino effect if you want. So it is, from perspective of, let's say, source, right, a very plausible way to build a world. Why do you need judgment? Because if the world was simply just divided into good and bad, but there was no judgment, 
then you don't have a conflict. Not really. Because if the good was perfectly happy to be good, and if the bad was perfectly happy to be bad, and they were not judging themselves or the other, the conflict would not be, you know, real, right? It would be like perfect empathy and perfect acceptance for all, and we would not have a conflict. So again, two things that are really important to preserve this split mentality, right? Is to have the split mentality in the first place, right? To be able to divide things and people and circumstances into good and bad. And the reason that you're able to do that is because you're able to pronounce judgment around things. Part of our ego construct, I did an episode about ego, is being able to make judgment. Being able to make judgment about yourself first and foremost, and then to be able to make judgment around the universe or about the universe. Because judgment is one of those things that enables you to understand where you personally stand around the different issues. If you didn't have judgment, judgment is a process of assessment of where things fall um, on a scale. And judgment is also something that um, it, it, it's, it's almost like a survival technique in, in some ways. It makes people feel incredibly safe to be able to render judgment upon things. Because, yeah, it is a survival mechanism. Like your ego would be tight-pressed to maintain existence if judgment did not exist. If you couldn't tell what's good or bad, or you know, if you're on track or off track, um, everything would be on autopilot all the time, right? And to make real change, you cannot have things be on autopilot. Now, the problem is very often judgment is ingrained in you. Judgment is a form of conditioning. Very often human beings believe that their judgment is their own, I will tell you that about 98% of human judgment comes from the programming that humans run and not necessarily their discernment. There's a big difference between judgment and discernment. And I would say that if you guys wanted a world that did not have conflict and didn't have war, you would have to get really clear on the fact that you would need to replace your judgment with discernment across the society. That is the shift that needs to happen. What is the difference? Judgment comes from the brain. It's a mental construct. Judgment is almost a way of compartmentalizing things into buckets, clustering them for better processing or easier processing of the world. Because on a daily basis, you get bombarded with a lot of information. It is really hard to process the information. The information is actually the size, the amount of information you have to process on a daily basis is increasing, not decreasing, right? So judgment is incredibly important. That enables you to understand where you stand, where your neighbor stands, where your family stands on all of the issues, and enables you to move forward without being paralyzed and scared of making even the simplest decisions on a daily basis. However, Judgment is a very intellectual construct, right? And as such, um, it is devoid of emotion in some ways. And I'll explain what I mean. Very often, when you're being judgmental, it is charged with an emotion. But 
judgment is still a very mental construct. And let me rewind that. And, you know, um, I, I know that this could be a little confusing. I promise you we'll get to the bottom of this. Discernment is not a thing that is dissimilar to judgment, but it comes from the heart space. Discernment, thus, is not just being able to compare and contrast things to compartmentalize them. Discernment is the ability to look at things, people, and events without trying to find a template that they belong to, which is what judgment is. Judgment is as if the whole universe was very rigid and you only had so many options to pick from. And you had to essentially assign a bucket or assign a box to everything that you were seeing. And literally, you maybe have five boxes and that's it. And you're like looking at something and you're like, well, which of the five boxes does this belong? Box A, B, C, D, or E. And that's really like what judgment does. Discernment comes from a different place. Because your heart never tries to compartmentalize things. That is not how the heart works. The heart takes the entirety of, the, of your experience to process things and be able to empathize with things. And it comes from the place of compassion. And so when dealt or when um, presented with a person, a circumstance, an event, a happening, anything, your heart, your heart's first instinct is not to place that thing in one of the five boxes to render judgment and be done with it because that's the pro like that's the brain thing, right? Your brain believes that your survival depends on the speed of its reaction. That is what the brain is taught. And it is true. The brain is electricity, if you think about it. Electricity moves exceptionally fast, you guys, right? The brain is another way to think about it, right? Is your, like, the reflexes. The things that you're, you know, you like, how quickly you react to things can be a matter of life and death, right? Let's say you're in the wilderness and the tiger is trying to attack you. You don't have to, you don't have time to empathize with the tiger. In fact, if you try empathizing with the tiger, you're dead, if you know what I mean. At that point in time, judgment is incredibly important. In life and death situations, judgment is incredibly important because judgment is what's going to help you get out of the way of the tiger when the tiger is jumping up at you and, you know, hopefully escape, right? Or do any other clever suggestion that your brain has. That's judgment. Discernment is being able to take your position, evaluate it, take the position of the tiger, take the position of the forest, understand the position of the sun that's shining on that forest. Look back at all of your experience and the experience of your ancestors and the experience of your higher self. And from there, understand what the course of action is. That is discernment. Discernment is the working of the heart. The energy of that is magnetism. Magnetism is slower than electricity. It is more of a feminine way, actually, of dealing with things. Really bad for life and death situations, you guys. But could be an incredible resource for most other things. The problem is that humanity has been conditioned to use judgment instead of discernment for situations well outside of the realm of life and death. 
And that's why we have what we have, which is a divided society that has a war more often than it does not. There is always war somewhere on planet Earth. I don't think that is an overstatement. The degree of how televised that war is varies. The degree to how much you're, you know, what you're supposed to think about that war, what is the angle you should be taking on that war really varies. But I will tell you that the reason we have so much war is because humanity is gotten overly dependent on judgment and not discernment. And in fact, discernment is like an unused muscle that is like beyond atrophied at this point, right? Discernment is not a thing that happens. What happens with judgment? Because that is the state, like essentially, there is, you know, also uh, the dichotomy between resp responding to something and reacting to something. I don't know if you, if, if you, um, if you guys like ever internalize what the difference is, right? Um, reacting to something is instant. Something happened and you're like, okay, you hit it back with a reaction. Responding is internalizing something, you know, breathing in and out, not, you know, giving that first reaction and then responding from a different place, right? So in other words, reacting to things is judgment. Responding to things is discernment. Reacting to things is masculine. Responding to things is feminine. Conflict that results in war is actually a very masculine way of dealing with situations. Just putting it out there. So one thing that I find very interesting, and by the way, cancel culture is right there. Like it's, I know we don't generally put cancel culture in the same arena as we do war, because technically speaking, people don't die when they get canceled, arguably, right? I mean, a part of their soul does, but who cares, right? You guys don't care. Enough of you don't, right? Enough of humanity doesn't. That's why cancel culture even exists in the first place. Cancel culture only exists for societies where judgment runs supreme. Because with true discernment, you could never hurt another. Because hurting another is like hurting yourself. And most humans, unless they have a very strange fl flavor of trauma, would like to avoid hurting themselves intentionally. As a general rule, there are exceptions to every rule. Now, of course, discernment implies that you have an open heart. Discernment also, by the way, implies that at least subconsciously you understand that oneness is the truth of the universe and separation is a temporary illusion that is meant and created to teach you oneness. Make no mistake that all of the wars and all of the villains and all of the terror that you're witnessing and all of the fear and all of the struggle is a tool to teach you oneness. And the way you're getting there is by learning that the opposite of oneness really sucks. It's really bad. Human beings are very quick to pass judgment. 
That's why cancel culture is like a forest fire. There is something that it comes unearthed from 10 years ago on Twitter, and all of a sudden, it's like a forest fire. And that person, whether they meant it or didn't mean it, you know, whatever that person said or did to deserve the cancel culture can get canceled within minutes. You know, most people recover, some people never recover from that because nobody ever really talks about the psychological impact of cancel culture. Cancel culture in modern days is the equivalent of old days exile and being ostracized from your own tribe. And the only reason that this is enabled on planet Earth is because we are not a society of discernment, we are a society of judgment. And in fact, human beings, and I want you to really listen to what I'm going to say right now and internalize it. Human beings draw tremendous pleasure from judging. Tremendous pleasure. It is one of the things that gives you a dopamine hit like no other. You know why? Because the speed of reaction historically in the human species has been connected to survival. So you like making rash decisions, actually. Or judgments, shall I say. Not decisions, but judgments. Like you like looking at three facts about someone and be like, throw them to the trash. Or throw them to the wolves. Awful person, awful person. Let's throw them to the wolves. Bad president, bad country. You know, <laughs> yeah, everything is bad, you know. So like most of the time, judgment is actually not positive, right? Let's also be real. Because judgment really sounds good, like conceptually. Judgment sounds like there is some type of justice out there. Like the tarot justice card, where there are like two sides of the, the scale. And they're somehow balanced. So judgment feels really good. Until you actually look at the egregore of judgment and it is actually dark, right? So what that tells me is more often when something is placed on your scales to be judged, you're not giving it a positive judgment. How do I know this? Look at all the gossip. What do you guys think gossip is? Gossip is actually negatively judging someone. Because more often than not, when you're discussing what that celebrity did or what that friend did behind their back, you're not giving them praise. Even when you're walking down the street and making random comments about the people that you see, more often than not, it's negative judgment. It doesn't have to be all the way nasty, but it's just a tad, like a touch negative. In fact, when you meet a person I want you to pay attention in your own life. How many people do you know that pass positive judgment most of the time or all the time on everything? I know one and a half. I mean it. Like the kind of person that I mean is, you know, like they walk out outside and let's say it's raining or it's snowing and it's really disgusting. And they're not going to be like, oh my God, this weather sucks. They're going to be like, oh, it's so nice that and then they'll find a way to spin it that's positive, you know? Well, let's say they rented an Airbnb apartment and they showed up and it's not according to their liking. They're always gonna look on the side of like a glass half full and they're gonna be like, well, you know, maybe it's not what I expected, but it's really close to, to, to the subway. It's really close to this museum that I wanted to visit. 
just know that this is really rare. Like people who pass positive judgment on others and their life are extremely rare. Most people are judging negatively. And that is the trap of your own mind. That is the trap of your own brain. So when we talk about war, there's often people that are vilified. The aggressors are often vilified. Do they deserve it? I mean, yes, yes. But also, don't you ever think that you are going to have to be the one pronouncing judgment on people? That is not your role. Karma is a mechanism that exists within the universe to render judgment upon everybody. And that judgment is extremely fair. That judgment is what goes in, comes out. What you emit is what, what comes back to you. Karma is always eventually going to get things right. I think we're starting to get into problems where people believe that unless they be the judge, unless they stand there with an axe trying to uh, cut off somebody's head, somehow karma is not going to do that for them. And that is why it's become so trendy to pronounce judgment on people and countries and everything else. It's like, it's like cool. It's almost like not cool to not pronounce judgment. It's not cool to have an opinion, right? It's not cool to be like not righteous about something and telling other people to get in line, right? That's not cool. That's not what liberal people do anymore. That's not what like young and educated people do. They always pronounce judgment. They always want to speak up. Speaking up in order to create, to pronounce negative judgment about someone has an impact of multiplying negativity in your own life as well as the world. Just take that responsibility. Every time you put negative judgment on anyone and think you're coming from a place of I'm good and they're bad and I'm calling them out so I'm justified, the thing that you're actually doing is you're making the problem worse because that person you're passing judgment on most likely is not going to be impacted by it. But the collective will, the quality of people's lives will, and the quality of your life will as well. I also find it ironic because I'm going to say something crazy. May I? We like to think of things that are black and white. Or we like to think about people as black and white also, and circumstances as black and white also. So if we see somebody like Jesus, we choose to only see the light and we mark them white. We see somebody like Buddha, we do the same. And then we see somebody like Hitler or Putin or Stalin or whom have you. And the judgment is their darkness. Let's put a black stamp on them. I will tell you, that the bigger the light, the bigger the shadow. The bigger the shadow, the bigger the light. What does that mean? 
That means that at soul level, we're all various shades of gray. All of us. Yes, it's different shades of gray, but we're all gray. We're neither black and white is what I'm saying. We are all of those things. We have light and we have darkness in all of us. And so when you are the one pronouncing judgment on somebody else because they're this or that or the other thing, and especially if it triggers you, right? Know that first and foremost, you're pronouncing judgment on yourself. If you're saying somebody is a tyrant, somebody is a bad mom, somebody is inconsiderate, somebody is unkind, somebody is selfish, somebody is egotistical, any of the above, whatever judgment you render to another is the judgment that you actually render to yourself and you don't even know it most of the time. Why? Judgment, although it comes from a mental place, you know, and it's a knee-jerk reaction. Very often, you know, when you have, like very often judgment would come with a strong feeling, but that feeling doesn't come from a place of discernment or actually heart. It comes from trauma or pain. So judgments are very often triggered by some type of unhealed pain in the lineage or in the person. Because of that judgment, judgments, become, um, you know, like very emotional. But I will tell you, if something is triggering you in others, which is what makes you prone to do, to make that judgment, the reason it's triggering for you is because somehow it relates to another experience that you had in the past where in fact you're judging yourself. There are a lot of similarities between the macro and the micro, between the world that you see outside and the world that you see within. Obviously, we know we know we have the immune system. The immune system are, are the good guys, right, of our bodies. And then we have the bad guys, such as bacteria and viruses and germs, right? And we know that the good guys are always fighting the bad guys inside of our bodies. And that's just normal. And then there are sometimes things that are not normal, which is called autoimmune disease. And I would liken that to a civil war in the outside world, which is your cells attacking your own cells or a brother fighting with a brother, a sister murdering a sister. Feels counterintuitive. But what I wanted to point out is that if we healed as a society, we healed war, you guys would not freaking need an immune system. And vice versa. If you didn't require an immune system to protect you, by the way, right? Immune system is a freaking defense mechanism. What's a defense mechanism? It's when you're being attacked. When you're standing in a warrior stand saying, I need to, to defend, otherwise I'm going to be murdered or in a lot of pain or hurt, right? And that is what I need you to understand. That you are standing in a warrior stance and pronouncing judgment on everything in the whole world, including yourself. The number one person you're judging on a daily basis is you. The number one war you have to win 
is within you. You have multiple wars within you. The physical war I just told you about, the bacteria versus your immune system. That's a good one. You have energy war, the light energies versus the darkness in your etheric body. You have mental wars in your mental body, good thoughts versus bad thoughts. You have emotional wars in your emotional body, good emotions versus bad emotions or positive versus negative, right? You're running all of these wars inside of your bodies. And of course, they're reflected in the outside world. It cannot be any other way. But do you remember how I told you that? Just having things, let's maybe elevate a little bit. Just having things divided into black and white doesn't mean that these things are antagonistic in and of themselves. That, you know, you, you guys have all seen the Chinese yin yang symbol of the black and the white, like almost drops, right, in a circle. They're not fighting. They're in a place of equilibrium, right? No two aspects of reality are antagonistic in and of themselves just because they're different. They only become antagonistic when we enter the realm of judgment. That is when things start becoming, you know, panning or like being panned once again against the other, right? If we're taking away the frequency of judgment and bringing in the frequency of understanding or compassion or love, even discernment, right? Then black and white, there is nothing about them that's inherently antagonistic. You need both. You have both. You are both. They don't need to be at war with one another. We don't need to proclaim our immune system to be the good guys and all the viruses and bacteria that are entering the bad guys. That is an opinion, you guys. An opinion is not the truth. A perspective is not the truth. And by the way, perspective is something that you get to shift if you want to. You just don't believe that it serves you to shift that perspective right now. And so you are going to be in a perpetual state of war, internal and external, until you're willing to let go your predominant frequency of judgment for the other frequencies that I just named. And there's a whole slew for you to select. At any point in time, you can be either in the frequency of judgment or in the frequency of love. You cannot do both at the same time. Frequency of judgment is a very um, greedy frequency. It comes over and it takes you, you know, the entirety of you. It's not going to take like 10% of you. It's going to take 100% of you. And then worse than that, it becomes a habit. And it's really hard to stop judging. You're judgy machines walking around, pronouncing judgment on everything and anything. The weather, the people, the political situation, the economical situation, the future, the past, the present. All of it. All of it. Which, you know what, uh, judgment, the frequency of judgment is the frequency of separation. It is the, the frequency of, I am so separate from you, but also have the right to pronounce you right or wrong or something in between. So it's, it's that, you know, the funny part is, I don't even want to call it a frequency of superiority because you can be judgy from a place of victimhood, right? 
But I will tell you, judgment does not happen from a place of love. Judgment happens from a place of lack. It's the place of lack that makes you want to bark at people, that makes you want to bury them alive, that makes you want to cause them pain. Yes. Not for nothing. So if you were to only allow the other frequencies, you would be able to start getting outside of the trap of judgment. Because the trap of judgment is that. The trap of judgment is a trap because it takes a lot of your life force energy. But it doesn't necessarily give anything back. The energy of judgment is a thief. It takes the best parts of you and runs with it. And good luck to you ever catching on to those best parts of you. That is the frequency of judgment. By judging another, you're taking away from yourself. And I don't care if that other is the worst human on the face of planet Earth. I don't care. Because even the worst human on the face of planet Earth has a higher self that is gray and not black and white. Prove me otherwise. Do you know how even like the greatest villains that are written, whether that's a book or a movie, they're not really like villainy all the way. You're like, oh, I kind of can see where that shift happened. Kind of like Darth Vader. You guys, like enough of you like love Star Wars, right? I mean, yeah, he's darkness, like really towards the end. But then you're like, is he really? And then he's kind of, you know, he, you know, well, we all remember his story, right? Came from a lot of light, right? Just got tempted by power, right? Got on the wrong side of the force. What I'm telling you is don't be hasty to judge. You cannot really fully understand the other until you walk a mile in their shoes. A saying is old as time, right? But in order to be able to walk a mile in somebody's shoes, figuratively, not literally, you're going to have to use discernment. Discernment over judgment. In fact, it's almost like if, if, the, if we were trying to do a balancing act on the one side of humanity, like on the on one side of the scale, we would have judgment. On the other side of the scale, we would have discernment. It's 98 to 2. So 2% of the time, humanity is using discernment. 98% of the time, humanity is using judgment. Even if we were, you guys, 50-50, we would already be way, way different as a society. Way different. The way you get there, though, is by catching yourself in the moment as you're making a knee-jerk reaction. Any type of judgment. Let's, let's not go, go very far about the circumstance of your life, right? Let's not even talk about other people. Let's talk about something happens, like a situation happens. Oh, good one. You get fired. Let's say you start your day, whether you're in the office or you're not, and the boss is like, sorry, we have to part ways with you. HR is going to talk to you. In that moment in time, 99% of humanity would decide, holy cow, this is bad. That is an example of a knee-jerk reaction. 
So right there, you're placing judgment on something that just happened. You do know, right, that the universe is operating in your favor, that the universe is not your big, <clears throat> biggest enemy. The universe doesn't have time to be anybody's enemy. The universe does not like wasting energy. Energy is a primary resource. It's extremely precious. The universe is not just going to randomly get you fired so you can experience pain for the sake of pain. That's not what the universe is optimizing for. The universe is optimizing. The universe is not always going to give you what you want, but the universe is always going to give you what you need. So start from a place of everything that I get in life is what I need. So if I just got fired, what does that mean? And that is when you start, you know, dialing up the volume on discernment. Don't make knee-jerk reactions. Your knee-jerk reactions don't serve you. They don't serve you in your relationships. They don't serve you in your careers. They don't serve you in your life missions. Trust me. They really don't. And in fact, your judgment is what perpetuates the world that is so black and white, so divided, so uncomfortable, that you are going to keep going through experiences that feel like crap, pardon my French, because that is what you're a vibrational match to. And it starts with judgment. If you choose judgment, as the primary frequency of your being, you're always going to have conflict in your life. You're always going to have people who want to fire you, do wrong by you. You're always going to have people who want to betray you, gossip about you, who envy you, all of that stuff. All of the stuff that is not great, to be honest. And it starts with the frequency of judgment. We always have, you know how like the tree always goes, like it starts with the roots. You have to plant something in the soil. And yes, we, we obviously enjoy the beautiful shade of the tree that, you know, has all the foliage and we love the trunk and all of that, right? Or especially if it has fruit or beautiful flowers. But we do know that at one point, if the tr like the tree came from the ground and if in fact... If it didn't have roots, we wouldn't be able to see anything above ground. And so what I don't love is when humanity says war, we hate war. And pr pronouncing all these judgments about, you know, two sides of people at war. And they didn't don't realize that what the roots are coming from it's not a person, like a particular person that started the war or a particular president that pulled the trigger. That is not the problem. That is actually a consequence of the problem. In other words, you can remove every single dictator on the face of planet Earth and new ones are going to come into their place tomorrow. And you're going to be exactly where you started. And that is why every dictator on the face of planet Earth feels like a freaking copycat of the other. They all feel like the same somehow, because it's the same vibration. But that vibration, they are a symptom of a disease. They are a mirror. They are an example of what we have created at the collective level. 
And by the way, you can never fix the root cause by trying to fix the consequence. So you may throw shade at a dictator all you want. And it's not going to solve anything. Because the root cause of war, the root cause of hate, the root cause of all the things that are wrong with this world is judgment. Because by judging another, you're doing the opposite of loving them. You're saying, I am this over here, and you're that over there. And in between us, there is a chasm. And then there is nothing that's going to help bridge the gap between you and me. Because I just choose to judge you, which is the opposite of love you. And that's it. And that's how you create the chasm. That is how you create division. That is how you create pain and suffering, you guys. Because by creating a situation where a dictator is going to have to come to this planet to showcase humanity where it hurts. We're creating all the suffering of all the people that are going to be murdered by that, that one dictator. Let's take ownership of that for a quick second. Let's take responsibility for our frequency. Taking responsibility for our vibration is not what humanity does very well. Because vibration is invisible. Energy is invisible. And we don't take credit or responsibility for invisible things too often. And because of that, people who think that they're judging the dictator and they're being in the right here, don't realize how much of a rift and a division they have created and the fact that they're perpetuating the issue. In fact, by pronouncing that judgment, they're creating a war within themselves and they're firing up the torches and burning the houses and chaining the aspects of themselves and enslaving the aspects of themselves instead of liberating it, those aspects. So I want to offer discernment as a saving grace. There is a very big gap between the state of humanity right now, which I would call the state of perpetual judgment, and the state of humanity that would be perpetual love for the other and yourself. A chasm that has been created by billions of souls and billions of people. Collectively, not individually. Not one person is to blame. We're witnessing the symptoms of that worldwide disease. We're witnessing the symptoms and they are ugly. Everybody agrees they're ugly, right? So why don't we understand that before we can move into love consciousness and Christ consciousness, there are a few interim steps that we're going to have to pass through as a society. And one of my proposed interim steps is discernment. Open up room in your life for discernment. Catch yourself when you're making a spur-of-the-moment, knee-jerk reaction type of decision or judgment. And allow your heart to do the talking. Allow your heart to do the selecting. I, I call it drop into your heart. What does it mean, drop into your heart? There is, I said this before and I'm going to say this again. There is an elevator of perception or consciousness that 
runs alongside your spine. Where that elevator is, by default, like when you wake up in the morning, it's your default state. Where that elevator is prior to you facing the world is your default setting. It's also called the assemblage point. Based on where you are in your default setting, that's how you're going to view the world. Dropping into your heart, in fact, I should probably be saying ascending into your heart. Because unfortunately, most of humanity does not operate at the heart space. You guys operate at either the yellow center or unfortunately, unfortunately, even below. Below the yellow center, below the third chakra. It used to be that the vibrations of humanity were higher. And right now we're, you know, thanks to the recent events, we're not necessarily even at the yellow center. In fact, there's a lot of red in human auras right now, but not the good kind of red. Not the shamans and not the passion. It's the stirring of the fear kind of red, right? So when I say drop into the heart, again, let me take that back. Ascend into your heart space. So imagine that elevator inside of that's traveling up and down your spine, wherever that is, allow that elevator to go up and plant it in your heart space and exit there and look around and make a decision, make an informed decision, a heart-led decision from this space and not the other space where you are. Because if you are in a state of fear, and on top of that, you are operating under the framework of judgment. You're going to make knee-jerk reactions, spur-of-the-moment calls based on fear-based mentality. Which is where the, the beings that are controlling this planet and this universe would love for you to stay. They would love for you to stay in your judgment consciousness. They would love for you to throw shade at your brothers and sisters. They would love for you to keep throwing stones at them. Because that keeps you divided. And when you're divided, you're controllable. And it is through discernment and raising up, ascending to your heart space that you move beyond the level where anybody can control you. Because discernment is unique to you. The way two different people look at a situation in the, from the lens of their heart is going to yield very different results. Very different. Because discernment is the opposite of conditioning. Judgment is 100% conditioning based. So depending on what the person watched on the news, where the person is geographically and what their lineage is, from there, their judgment is automatic. You know, you essentially give these three or, you know, four factors and then everything is like robotic afterwards. In other words, you would be able to program every single decision that most humans make, every single judgment call most humans make, just by understanding a couple of inputs. Where were they born? Who are their parents, so to say? And what, what are they watching? What is the information that's entering their consciousness? You would know exactly how they're reacting or how they would react. It's not even funny. That's why it's so easy for the beings that are controlling this planet to do so. That's why it's so easy for them to build plans that are 20, 30, 40, 50 years ahead. It's because they're counting on humanity to stay in the judgment zone and not in the discernment zone. So if you want to prove them wrong, discernment is your answer.
Maybe not love yet. Maybe not compassion. Maybe unity consciousness is too lofty. Maybe that is too 11D for you. Maybe that is too higher self for you. But you can do discernment. And discernment is the only stepping stone that you need. And that is exactly what I meant when I said in my previous episode. That you're supposed to have your own opinions. Your opinions are your own, you guys. As in, they're supposed to be unique. You're all unique angles. You're all unique particles of source consciousness. You're not copy-paste particles of source consciousness. You're unique particles of source consciousness. So how come your judgment is like copy-paste? How did that ever become the norm? How did that ever become the norm? All right. I want to take a couple of questions from the collective on this topic. Anything that you wanted to ask or clear up around good and evil? You know, I know we took a particular perspective on this. Uh, maybe not the perspective that I was going to go in initially, but hey, it's all in the flow and it serves the collective. But if you had the question that serves a collective on this topic, I'm happy to receive it. I'm here to receive the question. The question is, how do I know if I'm good or bad? I mean, honestly, I love this question because it helps us go to the basics. The answer is you're neither. You're neither. However, obviously, most people, A, have an attachment to being good. You know why? Because it gives you a right to judge. And judgment is your survival mechanism. Because if you're bad, and if your self-concept is, I'm such a bad person all the time, and I want to be bad, and I'm fine being bad, right? So, you know, you would not be fit to judge, right? Most people, you know, would love to be good. And there is what you know some shape or form where they can justify the things that they did even mass murderers right you know when they are when you get inside of their head never think of themselves as villains because there is a reason why they did what they did and it makes complete logical sense in their head so you are neither right and that's the good news at soul level there is no such thing at soul level, there is no division. At soul level, you are somewhere in the spectrum of gray area seeking, you know, clarity on what you are. By the way, they are, there are universes that are built. There, it, it is a polarized, it's not just even a polarized matrix, you guys. It is a polarized existence. It's like our creation is inherently polarized. So essentially at soul level, right? Unity consciousness is consciousness of white light. Division consciousness, or actually personal power consciousness, is um, the consciousness of black light. Let, let me leave it there. Like, I yeah, essentially want to call it black light. And so you have hierarchies, spiritual hierarchies, that are built according to these two North Stars. So there are hierarchies of spirit beings that believe that unity is the answer. And there are hierarchies of beings that believe personal power is the answer. And there you have the split. And so essentially you have two types of hierarchies where 
beings are always moving kind of like in an upward, um, you know, so hierarchies of light are white triangles facing up. Hierarchies of darkness or personal power are black triangles um, pointed downward. Collectively, they represent the universe. Um, source chooses to have both. Right now, where we exist, where planet Earth exists and the Milky Way, everything that you know in existence, we exist under the consciousness that believes in unity. That is the one distinction that you need to know. So your teacher, and the source is always a teacher for us souls, believes that unity is the answer. So at soul level, you believe that unity is the answer. That's why you showed up here. And that's why you showed up to study from this source of ours. When I mean source of ours, um, I'm, I'm getting like a whiff of questions from like, what do you mean source of ours? Is there some other source? The answer is yes. There are many facets of source energy. There is one source that is the all-encompassing source. But then there are layers to the hierarchy of light and the hierarchy of darkness. And so there are many sources. And, and they are of different caliber. And so they get prog progressively bigger and larger and more powerful, like as you move up in the hierarchy. So this particular hierarchy is a hierarchy of light, is, 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 is what it is. And so if you came here to study, which you did, that means that you're studying from a localized source consciousness that believes in unity and thus believes in light. So yes, for our particular pyramid, shall we say, what is true is this. We are all various shades of gray moving towards light and moving towards oneness. That is what we're here to do. That is the end game. And so when I say we are evolving at soul level, the right answer for our particular slice of existence or slice of creation, the right answer is ascension. Because ascension is moving up the hierarchy of light, up the white pyramid. And if you want to do that, then you're going to have to reconcile the parts of you that are keeping you artificially heavy and artificially divided at soul level. Because heavy souls carry on with themselves a lot of split consciousness, a lot of trauma, drama, karma, all of that good stuff. Good stuff. Quote, unquote. Which prevents them from ascending, prevents them from elevating, prevents them from lifting up, going up that hierarchy. Right? We're not going to explore what happens in dark pyramids because this is not what you guys are. And I don't know that that would be terribly helpful. Right? But Source, you know, essentially explores multiple different paths, multiple different versions. That's what's so fun. All right. Did I answer the question of like, am I good or bad? <laughs> the answer is there is a reason why you guys need to believe, like you want to believe that you're good. It's because your teacher, your source is actually the definition of good, is the definition of light, is who you would want to be, is the mark that you would want to hit. That is why 100% of you are going to want to be white including all the people that you're pointing your fingers and calling dictators and terrorists. They're still in the same, you know, bowl of soup with you trying to be light. And it's their way of getting there. And by the way, 
they may be making massive strides and you don't even know it. Because sometimes in order to make massive strides, you have to cause a tremendous amount of pain to others. As long as you internalize what the heck you just did and change. Right? Very often, very often, whoever the victims are going to be of Hitler have a sacred contract with Hitler. I mean, I'm just using Hitler as an example. Right? Hitler recruited all of these souls that he was going to murder at one point. It was a sacred contract because it was believed, right, that it was time to raise all of these undercurrents to the surface and show people how ugly the world actually is. All a sacred contract, all meant to happen. Okay. Um, in other words, you're not... Um, Good or bad, you're a little bit of both, but you're really working towards becoming good. At the same time, if you uh, if you listen to my episode on ego, another part that I mentioned is enough souls come here and they feel there's some something fundamentally wrong with them and they're somehow they're bad people. Enough people believe they're bad people despite the fact they really want to be good. And the reason being is because that's a memory. And the memory is essentially it's all compare and contrast game, right? And their memory is I must be bad if I am not yet fully ascended, right? The I must be bad story slash myth slash legend comes from the fact that you remember that not 100% of your energy is light, that not 100% of your energy is white, right? And that's the only thing that it is. Uh, let me take another question. Um, on this topic uh, that would serve the collective. I'm ready to receive the question. The question is, what is the right way to treat dictators then? If you're telling me I cannot judge dictators, the good news is there is no right way or wrong way to treat anyone, including yourself. It is a choice that you make. And my great desire is that you don't make that choice on a knee-jerk reaction. Because the answer of how you should feel about a dictator is different for different people. There is no white boilerplate answer. And in fact, if I was trying to give you the right way of thinking, I would be doing you a great disservice. Because I would be getting you straight into template consciousness and be like everybody else consciousness and think the way I am, and not the way that you would think. And I'm getting you away from discernment. But discernment is a process of starting where you are and getting to the answer that is unique to you around how you should think, feel, and behave towards everything in the external and in the internal world. And that is why your answer is not going to be the same as mine. I'll give you an example. There could be a soul in here. Let's say there, there could be two souls in here. Let's take that as an example. One soul is an activist. Its mission is to be an activist. Its mission is to speak up. Because, let's say, they went through an experience in past lives where they couldn't communicate or couldn't communicate properly or didn't feel empowered to communicate. Many reasons for that. They could be of the wrong gender. They could be of the wrong social class. 
They could have had their tongue ripped, ripped off or their mouth, you know, sewn shut because they were tortured, right? And so they choose to come as an activist. For that person, standing and saying how they truly feel about a dictator, even if that would be passing mad judgment on that person, but from the place of discernment, meaning knowing that this is their mission and they really came here to shine the light on all the things that is wrong in the world, if that's their mission, then they would be in complete alignment and I would call that action discernment. And then you may have another soul that came here to heal the hearts of the most broken people on planet Earth. Let's say that, that was their mission. Their mission was to be a heart healer. And as such, they had to search far and wide and find the most broken people in the entirety of existence and say they found a Hitler, right? Their perception of what Hitler is or is not would be very different. So how they would react right, to him would be very different. Maybe they would want to sit him down to talk, to understand how he grew up, to understand if his mother loved him, if you know what I mean. And that would be in alignment with that, person, that person's mission. And that would be an act of discernment. Let's say there is a third soul. And that soul came here because it has an attachment to bringing up to the surface that which is hidden. So essentially it's an attachment to the truth. And so as part of that, it needs to bring to the light all the conspiracy theories, quote unquote, because that would restore balance to the world. Their way of dealing with the figure of Hitler may be completely different. They may not actually care too much how many people Hitler killed, but they would be interested to know what Hitler did, you know, in Agarty and around, you know, his work with mediums and, you know, his relationship with extraterrestrials and, you know, what he did. Yeah, around all the, all the things that are hidden, you know, and passing judgment based on that. And that would be the narrative of that person. In other words... Dep and that's, that's what you need to do. So the answer to your question of how should we treat dictators should be first, find who you are. And then open up your heart so that your heart can tell you how you feel about someone or something. And you should always think, what is it that you are creating with your vibrations? Are you promoting more division or are you promoting more unity? What side are you on? Because anytime you render judgment, even if that judgment is almost called for, no, please know that you're not creating more unity and you're not creating more light, but you're creating more division. So be mindful. Mindfulness and discernment very similar frequencies, very similar vibrations. 
Mindfulness is a lifelong journey, and so is discernment. It's kind of like being on a treadmill, and this universe is out here to train you. So let the universe train you, and be coachable, be trainable. Stop making knee-jerk reactions, because knee-jerk reactions don't serve you unless you are in a life-and-death situation. And arguably, most of the times, you're not. I'm sending you so much love, you guys. I know that the people who are listening to me are some of the lightest, brightest lights on this planet. And I commend you for being that. And I commend you for shining your light. And I'm commending you because I know you are the ones that are going to go and work on your discernment. You're the ones that are going to lead by example. You're the ones that are going to start shifting the dynamics. You're the ones that are going to change the tides of this game. I believe in you. As long as you believe in yourself. Thank you so much for sticking through. I'll see you in the next one. Bye.